Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. We are going to go now uh, for our lesson today. We're going to be in John chapter 13. So if you want to open your uh, Bible app there, or if you have a Bible with you, that would be fantastic. Just remember, if you are on Version and you have the Version Bible app, you can go to events, and on the events, one of the events you'll see every Sunday is Crosswalk Church Service. And under that events, you'll see all of our notes, the growth group questions for the week. So all of those things are available on version as well in case you lose your piece of paper or it's, it's as close as your phone. So if, if you would like to use that, we encourage you to do that as well. Now, as we, we look at this difference, difference Maker series, this has been one that philosophically has been very challenging for me to get in my head. And the reason why is because we always have this conversation. And, and I'm going to ask you which of these you would agree with more. And so would you say that God uses people to get work done? Or would you say that God uses work to get people done? I'm going to say that one more time. This is a philosophical question that, we're with, that we think about all the time. Does God use people to get work done? Or does God use work to get people done? Now, as you consider that question, I believe all of us are going to answer that question through the filter of our lives. And so when, when I go back to the family that I grew up in, my parents did not use work to get us done. They used us to get work done. <laughs> Just so we're clear, there were eight kids that were born in 10 years. And no, my parents did not have mental problems until after we were born. <laughs> so they had eight kids in 10 years. And when you have that, that many kids, now as a parent, I, I begin to understand why our upbringing was more like a military camp uh, than anything else, because they needed us to do work in order to just make day-to-day happen. Every day at the, the dinner table, 10 kids, or eight, eight kids plus my mom and dad, 10 people around the dinner table, the breakfast table, the lunch table, the, the clothes. I don't think our washing machine probably ever stopped. That, that all of those things, in, in order to get the work done that needed to happen for a family that large. I had my first full-time job the summer after my eighth grade year, so before I was a freshman. And in that first full-time job, I worked right around 48 hours a week, and I got paid $3 an hour. And I had to ride my bike, and now I sound like my grandpa, uphill to the place where it worked. <laughs> but but it, I did, I, I had to r- ride my bike, rain or shine, to the Browns Lake Resort Village Condominiums where I worked, and I did lawn care and maintenance on the lake and, and things like that 
from Monday through Saturday, eight hours each day. And it was also at that time that my mother told me, you have a job now, you can buy all your own clothes. So that was the time also when my parents stopped buying me what I needed for back to school, school supplies. It was, you know what, you have a job, you can, you can take care of that yourself. And for that reason, I, I look at that and, and, and I, I, I think of that fir- first full-time job, but my first non-paying job happened, I think, I, I was probably somewhere around seven to eight years old. And my brothers, we, we lived next to a farmer, and he hired my, my brothers to bale hay. So that was a, a summer thing always, that we would go with them and we'd bale hay. And when I was seven, I think my, my mom just wanted me out of the house and told me, yeah, go with them to bale hay, but I, I wasn't strong enough to lift the bales. So the farmer kept me on the tractor with him all the time. And what I did was make sure he never had to leave the tractor. So we would pull up to a gate. I would jump off the trap tractor, open the gate. He would drive through. I would run, and I would put the gate back on. We would go out to where, the, uh, the, where, the, where they were bailing. I would jump off the tractor, pull the pin on an empty wagon. I would run over to the wagon that was full of hay. He would back up. I would hold the, the, uh, the tongue of the trailer up, and when he backed in, I would put it down, and I would get back on. We would go in if, if something was breaking down and he needed a tool from his shed. I would run in uh, while, while he drove around. I would grab the tools that were needed. I would come back and I would give it to him. When we went up to the haymow, uh, go turn on the power takeoff to, to make sure that we could get these bales up into the haymow. That's, that was what I did like all day long and never got paid. I think my parents, like I say, were just happy that I was out of the house. And they used me to get work done. But through that, whether, no matter if that was their thought process, thought process or not, I'm going to tell you that that work got me done. And from a very early age, I have learned the importance of working hard. I have learned the importance of saving money and using it uh, for things that I truly need. And from that time period, I I look back and I don't think that there has ever been a, a time since then, since my eighth grade year, that I have not had a job of some kind. And I'm thankful. I'm truly thankful for that. And, and so, as I look at this, though, here's, here's the issue. Is when I take this to a congregation, this is really not a, a, a gospel-based message that I'm sharing. What happens is I tend to get very self-righteous about it. And when I, when I look around and I see people who don't have the work ethic that I do, that I get a little frustrated. And when I get frustrated, I tend to get judgmental. And when I get judgmental, it goes downhill from there. And so originally, when we were doing this Difference Maker message series, I wanted from serve us 
to service. I wanted to do this message. Except I wanted the theme to be, get your butt off your chair. Please do something. Please. And, 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 and what happened is it made me realize that my approach is a law-based approach by which I want to use you to get work that is important to me done. The problem with that is when you're 14, you have no choice. <laughs> you're pretty much, or, or I guess I could have run away from home, could have done that, but realized actually I had it pretty good at home. And, and what I've realized is, is that as we go through this message series, and this lesson more than any other, is where Jesus is trying to teach you and where he's trying to correct my thought processes about work to, to, to make me understand, to make you understand, Dan, when you work hard, you, when you work hard, it is how God gets you done. And, and so as we look at this, that, that Jesus in these words is asking you to embrace this to embrace going from a serve us to a service mentality. But don't go from serve us to service unless you have been served first. Now I'm going to explain what that means for in the next number of minutes we have. Our lesson, I'm going to summarize this lesson and then we're going to read through it. This is the summary of the lesson. It's the, the last day, last full day of Jesus' life. It's, it's a day that's called Monday, Thursday. It's the, the Thursday before the Friday that he would die on the cross. And it's dinner time. And they go and they are going to celebrate the Passover meal. And it's at the Passover meal that, that Jesus ends up giving them the Lord's Supper. But it's before that. It, it's before the meal. And they, they get in the upper room. They're laying around a, a table where they would have eaten and there wasn't someone to wash their feet, which would have been a normal thing to happen. You would have a servant, maybe one of those seven-year-olds who doesn't get paid by the parents, uh, but they own the room, so he's got to do it. Yeah, uh, they're, using, they're using him to get work done, just so we're clear. But there wasn't one. There wasn't anyone to wash the feet. And so what happens is as you're laying down and, and you're leaning up against the table, which was probably about that high, there's a little bit, I don't know if you have people in your family whose feet stink after a long day, but uh, yeah, you, you recognize when they just leave the shoes in the room, and that's what it would have been like, that, that the smell as it's there, and so what Jesus does is he gets up, grabs a bowl of water, goes around and starts washing his disciples' feet. He gets to Peter, Peter says, no, you're not going to wash my feet. Jesus says, I need to wash you, Peter. We'll get to Peter misunderstands exactly what Jesus is saying. But then Jesus gets up after he's washed everyone's feet and says, you know what? It's time for you to show love by washing each other's feet. So that's the, that's the, the summary of the Bible lesson. And now we're going to get into the specifics of it. Go back to the beginning, John chapter 13. It was just before the Passover festival. So that day before Jesus died. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, 
He loved them to the end. Another translation is that for the very end is he showed them the full extent of his love. But, but I like these words too. He loved them to the end. And what those words mean, I'm going to give you in the fill-in. Jesus was taking his love to the finish line. Jesus was loving them to the end. The word tell us there is used as if it's a finish line in a race. So when I think of that, I think of a cross-country meet when individuals are running the, the 5K and they get to the last 100 yards, the last 200 yards, 300 yards, 400 yards, whatever it is, and their coach yells to them, kick it now, to have that last kick that as you're looking at, at people who are coming that you are going to run through the finish line. You know there's not much left, so you are going as fast and as hard as you can. In our society, I, I wonder if Jesus, or, and in these words, John would have said, Jesus was going to love them to the goal line. And, and the reason why I say that is because in a football analogy, which would be very similar, that if you go 95 yards and get to the five-yard line and you're stopped, you get nothing. There is no reward for that. And for that reason, you know that those last five yards are the hardest five yards on a football field. And so when, when, when someone loves them to the goal line, you can have this vision of, of the back getting the football, wrapping it up, putting his head down, and just pounding in there, pounding against the enemy, legs churning, uh, just refusing to be stopped, willing himself across that goal line for the score. And that is what is going to be described in John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. It's the last five grueling yards of Jesus' payment for sin. In case there was any doubt, Jesus loved you to the finish line. Jesus loves you completely. We continue. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. And so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. There's two images I want you to have here. One of them is because we don't wash, wash each other's feet, I think, anymore. I think that's a, a kind of a past thing. I want you to think in terms of this as rubbing his disciples' feet. Maybe you can relate to this because after a long day, I want my wife to rub my feet. But crazy thing, she wants me to rub her feet. And, and, and what it turns into sometimes is an argument about who's had the longer day. You know, who's, who's worked harder. Now I want you to think about this in terms of Jesus. Jesus would be dying for the sins of the world in the next 24 hours. Jesus is sitting at a table with an individual who's going to betray him in the next five hours 
and a group of individuals who are going to desert him within the next five hours. So in our house, Jesus would win, okay? Jesus would win, and it would be, okay, Jesus, you get the foot rub. But not Jesus. In the midst of this, instead of focusing on everything he had to do, that Jesus took a different focus. And what was the focus? Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God, so he went to work. In the blank, you can write, on the most stressful night of his life, Jesus focused on his relationship with the Father. This focus prompted him to acts of service. This focus on the Father prompted him to acts of service. Okay, one thing I'm going to ask you to do now, this, this is hugely important. Write on your notes, wash feet equals, so wash feet equals, wash feet equals humbly, humbly love completely. Humbly love completely. This is going to help you because it, it, it still was confusing to me. Because as I was looking at this foot washing thing, it's all about this foot washing. Jesus washed their feet. We're supposed to wash others' feet. And so you would think that now if I wash someone else's feet, then I've done what Jesus wants me to do. But the problem is you can get a seven-year-old who's forced to do that with no pay, and it's not getting him done. He's just getting work done. And he is not, he's being forced into humility, and he doesn't necessarily love them, and he's just doing a job. But now, as we go through, I'm going to go through the next section, and follow me with this. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to humbly love me completely? Do you see how this isn't about foot washing right now? This is about Jesus showing, showing Peter that you need to be loved by me completely. You need me to go to the finish line for you. You need me to cross the goal line for you because you cannot go across that goal line by yourself. If you do that, you are going to get stuffed and you will never cross the finish line and you will never enter the end zone and you will never be with God. Are you going to humbly love me completely? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you will never humbly love me completely. Jesus answered, unless I humbly love you completely, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon replied, don't just love me humbly completely, but lovely, love me humbly completely all over the place. Jesus is like, you're killing me. You're killing me, Peter. You just don't get it. In the blank, he can write, your service must start with Jesus serving you. This is the difference maker, people. 
This is the difference maker. Being loved by Jesus in his humility completely is the beginning. It's just the start of being able to serve and make a difference in your life. We continue. Jesus answered, those who have a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean. You are loved completely uh, by me, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that is, he said, that's not why everyone is clean. When he had finished humbly loving them completely, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. And now the answer to that question, answer that question, did they understand what Jesus had done for them? No. Okay, just so we're clear, the answer is no. There's, there's a couple reasons why I know that. Is because in the previous words, it said that. That Jesus says, you don't even know what I'm doing. And you know, that he realized this. So then he asked them, do you understand what I am doing for you? And so the answer we know is no. And there's a reason why. Because there's a second way that Jesus was going to humbly love them completely so there was no doubt. Because you see, the washing of the feet a servant boy could do, but a hanging on the cross was something only the Son of God could do. And so Jesus was going to show them on the cross, and he shows you as well. If there is any doubt that you are humbly loved completely, look to the cross. Look to the cross, and there you will see for all time and all eternity the humility, the love, and the act of completely finishing his love for you. In the blank, you can write, Serve us turns to service when we understand and focus on what Jesus has done for us. Do you know how else we know that they did not understand what Jesus had done for them? Because if they did, Peter would have begged for the opportunity not, notice Peter was saying, don't wash my feet. He wasn't saying, let me wash James' feet next. Lord, you have humbly loved me completely. Let me humbly love the next person completely, Lord. Not, you're not worthy of this, but Lord, give me the opportunity to do this. And the reason why I know you do not understand this, and the reason I know that I do not understand this is because I have not mastered humbly loving completely. Because when it comes to service that I want to do, my focus is not on my relationship with the Father. It's not on my relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not on the fact that he has washed my feet. It's not from the fact that he is humble, that he is the teacher, that, that even though he is the Son of God, all of those things that he willingly, humbly loved me completely by giving his life on the cross, that is not my focus. Because if that is my focus, there is nothing that I would, wouldn't do for you but I like to focus on you and the wrongs that you've done. 
and the ways that you've let me down. And so when I have conversations about rubbing feet, it's not a conversation about humbly loving my wife completely, but an argument over who deserves it more. Do you understand what Jesus has done for you? The answer to that is no. And that is why we continue to come back here more than any other reason every week, is through the power of the Holy Spirit to try to grasp on a daily basis what it means to be humbly loved completely by Jesus Christ. And so what my service looks like more is on a day like today, when I know, Lord, yes, Lord, I want to humbly love you completely and show that. And so what I do is I, I get the water basin and I, I, get, I get the towel and I put it around my waist and I go to the person that needs to be served and their feet are just nasty. And I'm like, yeah, maybe not. Jesus, wash my feet again. Jesus, wash my feet again. And then I go back there and I get one toe done and they, they kick me on purpose. They splash me with the water. They make fun of me while I serve them. And I throw the towel down and I'm out. And then I need to stand back up and go to the table and have my dirty feet washed again. That is the pursuit of serve us. Of Lord, truly serve us with the gospel. Change our hearts, change our minds, change our actions, Lord. Let us attempt to humbly love completely in our lives as well. I think I gave you the fill-in. Serve us turns to service when we understand and focus on what Jesus has done for us. We continue. Jesus, excuse me, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, now that I have humbly loved you completely, you also should humbly, completely love those who are with you. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done. In the blank, you can write, Christian service comes from the top down. From the top down, and Christian service is best taught by example. Jesus did not recline by the table and say, Peter, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Why don't you start washing everybody's feet? But no, he's the one who went and began to do that. That, That's where the, the lesson is learned from the top. Notice when Jesus says, I'm your teacher, and you call me Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. And, and now he's establishing this, first of all, the fact that it comes from the top down. The chief servant the chief servant in, is, is the person who is in the most authority. So, so as we look at this in a congrega- congregational setting, that I look at Jeff and myself, we are the chief servants at Crosswalk. It has to start that way. That if we're in a situation where we are prima donnas and there's only certain work that we do and certain work that we will not do, that there are things that are beneath us, that's not getting anything done. In the same way in our families, but the problem is, is that most of us, when we are in positions of authority, and and I'm guilty of this, 
I like bossing other people around. I like having them do work that no one else wants to do. And, and so as we look at this, it starts with a me first mentality. Understanding that this is something I need to teach and something that is learned best by example by serving others. The problem is, is that when you're like Jesus and you're washing the feet, you would think it would catch on. You think they would, that somebody would have grabbed another thing of water or said, I'll take the next one, but they didn't. And that's where the frustration comes in. And, and so instead of using this to get people done, I just want people's feet washed. So I just use people to get the foot washing done. And there's a disconnect. We cannot have this any longer. And, and it starts with your relationship with Christ. Let's go to the last portion. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now that you know that you are humbly loved completely, you are blessed when you humbly love others completely. And so what's going to happen is, is I realized this, this was a big part of my misunderstanding, is I thought of going from serve us to service, I thought of that as linear. That once I go from serve us to service, that means now I'm in the serving profession and, and there's no longer a serve us, a serve me mentality. But it's not linear, it's circular. So, so what that means is I go from serve us, where Jesus is serving me, to serving others. And before I go on to the next person to serve, I need to circle back and have my feet washed again. I need to be humbly loved completely, not just once, but every day. And not just once a day, but all day long. And that is the role when you think of devotions and Bible readings and taking time out in prayer. That is going back within a day to be served so that you can continue to do the service and, and love others completely in the same way that Christ is doing for you as well. That is why you are blessed if you do them because you're continually going back to the cross of Jesus. In the blank you can write, through your service, you are blessed. The next one, Christian service is something I get to do. And finally, Christian service is a way I put love into action. I'm going to have to go back and watch the video and see how many times I said humbly love completely but I hope that has gotten through, first of all, so that you understand how you are served by God. Maybe even on a day like today, you might understand how there have been people here today that have humbly loved you completely that you don't even know about. That there are people doing foot washing behind the scenes. One of the things we're gonna look at in a moment is this card. In, and in this card, one of the things we're going to look at is the number of things that are done behind the scenes. Those are people who are washing your feet that you don't even see. They're so good that they can do a foot washing from a remote location. And, and, and just 
considering that, I'm, I, I just want you to see the reason why I say that is, is not to shame you or even to motivate you, but to make you grow in understanding. Do you understand what Christ has done for you? But also, do you understand what other people are doing for you every single day serving you with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Now, as we have done uh, last time and we're going to do the next two services, uh, we're going to bring a couple people out who do some of this service. And today we're bringing out, I think, a whole family. Freiburgers, are you coming out today? I think so. Come on out, guys. Oh, they lead with the, the cutest one. I like it. I'm going to ask you guys to come this way into the light a little bit more. Hello, Freiburgers. Great to see you. And I just want to tell you, first of all, it is brave to come out here, you guys. I know how scary this is, all right? So first of all, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask each of you to say your name. And nice shirt, by the way. <laughs> and uh, so say your name and what, what kind of work you do here at Crosswalk. I'm Jace, and I help with... I'm Jace, and I help with teardown and setup, and I help in Crosswalk Kids. All right. Uh, I'm Lily, and I help the counters count coins. <laughs> My name is Bryce Freiberger, and I am on the youth tech team, and I help with setup and takedown over there. And I also help in Crosswalk Kids. And I babysit for my mom's resilience group that she does on Saturdays. And every once in a while, I come over and help my dad with, uh, on Saturdays with setup. Oh, he does a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Melody. I work back at the Resource Center. Um, and I'm a part of the resilience group on Saturday night. And my name is Matt Freiberger, and uh, I do whatever she tells me. Um, <laughs> In addition to that, uh, whatever John tells me, uh, I supervise the tech team and I serve uh, on the board. All right. Well, so, so here you get a look at this as a family affair that service can be, and it's awesome. Now for, for mom and dad uh, specifically, where would you say that you got your start with serving? Um, my start was actually the second Sunday we attended Crosswalk. Um, <laughs> so... For those of you that have been around long enough to be over at ALA, uh, Pastor Jeff's oldest son, um, I noticed we were sitting in the back row or the second back row, and uh, there, was this, there was this young guy, and he was pushing buttons to change the slides from a projector on a little cart shining up on the screen. And then he was moving buttons to adjust the sound, and then he was getting up to go sing. And I thought to myself, really? That seems like a lot. I could help with some of that. Um, so that's how I started with Crosswalk Service. All right. And I think it was my third or fourth um, Sunday at Crosswalk, and Julie, Pastor Jeff's wife, was teaching um, Sunday school all by herself, all zero to eighth grade kind of thing. So I thought, wow, I had, and he was three. And she was not anything yet. <laughs> I was pregnant with Jace, and I thought, wow, I'm going to have kids going through that, so that's probably a good place that I could help out. And then maybe Julie could see the sermon once in a while. <laughs> and, and as we look at that, I appreciate that, being able to see need and a place where you can fit in and serve, that's, that is awesome. 
And then finally, the, the, the last question then is, what is it that keeps you going? I mean, that, that as you look at, this has been uh, over like 10 years-ish, right around 10 years about. What is it that, that keeps you going and, and motivated for service? Um, <laughs> I'm going to go back and blame my mom. Um, she, every Sunday, went to church and served. Um, and it was a hardship for her when she came home. My dad was Christian, sort of, um, and he didn't understand why she needed to go to church for as long as she did on a Sunday. And I watched her have to come home and listen to, where were you? How long does that take? Do you really need to do that? You could be at home. And she just answered him with such peace and grace because she truly knew that Jesus had served her first. And so she did that by example for me. Sorry. <laughs> it's big, yeah. Uh, I have a similar line. I blame these two sitting right down here in the fourth row. Um, <laughs> apparently, I can't escape church ever. Uh, much like our kids, um, Bryce, I, Bryce uh, demonstrated it very well. We lived at church. We went to church early, we went to church late, we were the first ones there, first ones to leave. We were there building stuff, we were there fixing stuff, right? So that's how it worked, because it was a small church to begin with, and much like Crosswalk was. Um, how, I, how I continue, um, to me it's, it's, it's very much what Dan's sermon was about. To me it's very much, um, it starts off, it's kind of like giving, I kind of liken it to giving. When you start giving, it's not necessarily your favorite thing to do, it's not something you want to do. But are you, depends on what your motivation is. Do you like seeing progress? Do you like seeing things get better? I do. And then that really starts to work on your heart. And, and it really becomes an issue where now I can't really even imagine going to church. Hence the reason we were serving our second and third or fourth week at Crosswalk. I really can't see, I mean, serving is part of going to church for me. It's part of my walk with Christ. And I think that that's, that's probably the, the biggest motivator. Something happens you hear about something, oh, somebody said this was a really great element in service, and you think, ah, cool, I had, I had something to do with that. I'm glad I gave them that opportunity. Not that anybody knew I did, but it, it, so that's, that's really, I guess, the motivating, the behind the soul factor. It's kind of like leading growth groups. Um, leading a growth group, to me, is the best connection I can possibly have in my own walk, because I have to really be prepared to lead. I can go to growth group, and I get stuff out of it, but if I have to lead growth group, uh, it gives me a, a completely different, um, uh, completely different um, degree of depth that, that, that my personal walk goes and my personal growth is. And then kind of to build off that, I want to sleep in a lot of Sunday mornings and think, oh, I could just call someone else and they could come and serve in my spot. Um, but the, the mornings that I don't necessarily want to get out of bed, I have found are the mornings I need to do that the most and come to church because that's when I'm surrounded by the believers. So it's a little bit selfish, too, to serve because I get to be surrounded by others who are doing my same walk and journey. So that keeps me going also. Thank you guys so much for coming up here. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll see you second service. And I want to, Matt, uh, remind me to give you $5 for mentioning growth groups in your answer. So that's good, even better. Oh, this is good stuff. Uh, and, and as we close, just want to encourage you, all of us have these stories of service, 
And yours might start today, and I, and I hope it is, that, that focusing on being loved completely by Jesus, having your feet washed, understanding as, as they're talking about that there is something about being here around Christian brothers and sisters where you are, you are loved by them. Maybe not completely or to the extent that Christ is, but you know what? It, it's an embrace and it's, it's people who serve you humbly doing what needs to be done and, and I hope you want to be part of it. I, I pointed this out and, and if you already filled one of these out and handed it in last week, you don't, you don't have to do it again. Just one is fine. But, but if you haven't, notice on the front is just simply some information about serving, giving us a window into how you serve or a doorway into ways that you would like to serve. On the back are just examples of, of things and opportunities that are out there. Circle ones that you, you think would be like, hey, I'd love to have a conversation about this. This isn't writing it in blood and a lifetime sentence to service. This is a beginning. Uh, this, is, this is a start to see where your place is uh, with this great opportunity that Jesus has given us for service. One other thing I want to mention today is that today... In two weeks, uh, and then one, one other time, so this is it's going to be today, and in two weeks, we'll start there, is a volunteer orientation opportunity. At 10.20 today, in this room, for 30 minutes, is going to be a, just a little orientation on service and how it works here at Crosswalk. If you are someone who wants to serve or someone who already does please pick one of these Sundays, these orientation Sundays, to join us for this training. Secondly, if you are someone who's really new and and don't know where you want to serve or how to get started, at the Resource Center in the entryway, there are people ready to have a conversation with you, to listen to what your interests are and to show you and guide you and and help to plug you in uh, where you can make a difference. So wherever you happen to be today, Uh, If you're not ready for that, that's okay. That is completely okay. The main message, though, is this. Can you guess? You are humbly loved completely by Jesus. He, He served you. And if you are not ready for service quite yet, let him continue to serve you. Begin to understand and focus on that service more and more every day. And when you do, your heart will and does change through the power of the Holy Spirit. And and when you do that, the one who is going to be blessed is you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for making a difference. And and you have. You've made a difference in the world, and you've made a difference in our hearts as well. And, And we can't thank you enough for that. Thank you for this incredible lesson of, of foot washing and, and love and humility and taking it to the finish line on the cross and, and through your resurrection uh, that, that you won that victory for us. Let us bask in the glow of that victory. And then, Lord, as we do that, let us go and, and continue to live in that victory as we serve you. And it's in Jesus' name we thank you and we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan.
Man, I hope you enjoyed this Sunday as much as I did. This is like one of my favorite lessons ever. And uh, just the difference that Christ makes in our life, in our lives. Uh, just a reminder as you go from here today at 1020 in here is volunteer orientation. Be on time and I guess there's like a prize you can win. So 1021, no prize. 1020, possibility of a prize. Uh, that's what they tell me. And then the other thing I want you to remember is serve us to service is not linear. You don't go from serve us and then not need that anymore, but it's circular. You go from serve us where Jesus serves us to service and then back. Don't forget to circle back to the cross uh, or you will just wilt in service. And now as you go, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen.